Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Bear. Hey, hey, hey. In studio, and Deacon Bear is really excited today. I am. As we record. You're like a in tech heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I uh, I don't know who's going to relate to this, but I know some are. But um, we have a very uh, wonderful, competent crew here at Cafe Creative for Acadiana, Christ Our King Radio. And uh, anyway, we, we just got a little upgrade in the studio where the computer we record the show on is now fast as a speeding bullet. I think we can all relate to that. You know, an old computer crashes or, it, you know, we get new fast computer, like whatever, or we get a new, a newer car and you're like, man, look at all these features. It's mm-hmm. like so convenient. We can all relate to that in some way, shape or form, but you, you know, you're kind of a more tech savvy guy. Well, and the thing is when you, when you're, let's say producing a podcast like we do here, mm-hmm. um, there's certain routines you got to do, certain things you do over and over and over again. And when they go from taking, let's say, 10 minutes to taking like two minutes because the computer you're working on just got a lot faster, that's a lot of time. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like a lot of my life is now given to me, you know? Like I have more time in my life. Well, I'm proud of you. And I want to use it reading. Yeah. Visiting with friends, <laughs> five more minutes at a time that I want to use well. I don't want to just. So you lose just it. got ten minutes back in your life today. That's what you're excited about. Yes, and, and that's every time we do the show, I get ten minutes more. That's times three hundred sixty-five. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. So welcome everyone to the show. <laughs> Deacon Bear is excited. Great to be with you. We're in studio. We got an upgraded computer. It's moving fast. You know, it kind of feels good during Lent where things sort of feel sluggish and slow in the middle of Lent, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get an upgrade, mm. you know, do you ever feel that way yes. in life? Like you feeling sluggish and you get a little spiritual upgrade. Yeah. Only God can do it. Maybe you Send go you to confession yep. or you go to mass and you have a good prayer time. Or you pray a rosary or um, someone just says something nice and godly to you and you're just like, boom, I just got an upgrade today. Yeah. I got a, I got a pep in my step moving a little bit better today. That's, Absolutely. That's what we kind of need in this middle of Lent, which is kind of cool. We, we celebrate some cool saints this week and great readings. It's kind of like a little, Hey, here's a little, a little dose of positive, not I say positive, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Life giving. You know, because you kind of, you know, you pray in Lent, it's like a lot of just walking with Jesus to the crucifixion and, Mm -hmm. you know, fasting and almsgiving and all that stuff. So anyway, welcome into the show. We're getting a spiritual upgrade on the show today. (laughs) Moving fast. Grace builds on nature. That's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also a reminder, share the show on the podcast. Uh, Super grateful for you guys. Uh, The book is going great. Our great groups are going good. It's awesome. Uh, Yeah. How's that going? You have two more groups for Lent? Yeah, two groups for Lent, and they're amazing. It's awesome. Guys are reading the book together. Holygrit.org, get the book. Type in Group Grit. You get a discount on the book. And actually, this week, the book was number one in men's. What? Yeah, Christian books. Paul, have you ever been number one in anything No, it'll probably be like that for 30 seconds or something. No, no, no. You need to celebrate this. You know? Like if I was ever number one in something, I'd I'd get one of those uh, foam hands. Mm-hmm. Number one, you know, I need to get you that. And it was like number two hand. in in like Catholic 
new releases. For real? Yeah. Paul, congrats. Yeah, we we now need- I'm not shocked because it's a great book. And I've read it. I'm not just saying that. I've Very read humbling. the book. But no, it needs to get get out there. I think men will enjoy it. I think that's the thing, is like walking a journey with these saints and yeah. like really seeing the impact uh I think re- yeah, like really discovering authentic masculinity. It's right. not the something grittiness we, of the saints. We, yeah. we talk about like right. you know, uh a whole lot. Um and so Well, congrats, anyway. Paul. That's great news. Yeah, Amazon users, fine. Ave Maria Press or HolyGrit.org, either one. I'm going to get you one of those foam fingers, number one. No. I can't? No. Come on, man. With a grit? Yeah. You still have your grit pocket knife. I do. I have it right now. Mm. Anyway, so it's great. We're, we're, I, and the reason I said that, a little pep in my step. A, That's a, great. A little upgrade. Yeah, a little upgrade. In the middle of Lent. <laughs> Here we go. Speaking of upgrades, uh, do you have a heavy scene? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? Have you seen... Probably not. Probably not. Um, okay, so there's a runner who's about to participate in the London Marathon. You've heard of the London Marathon? I have. Yeah, it's famous. It's upcoming. It takes place in London. It does. Of sort of like the Boston Marathon is huge here. Correct. It takes place in Boston. Correct. And then the New York City Marathon... New, New York, York City. Okay. You got I, the idea. Yeah, I get the theme here. Well, the London Marathon is going to take place in September. But someone who signed up for the London Marathon has decided he's going to complete the marathon like he's done before, but do something he hasn't done before. He's going to complete it backwards. Hmm. He's going to be jogging, I guess, he's maybe walking. Run backwards? I can't imagine he's running. Or is he going to run the route backwards? No, no, no. He is going to run backwards a marathon 26 point what six miles is that what it is right mm. and he's gonna do the whole thing jogging backwards i can't imagine him full full running is there a point to this actually there is and okay. so he's calling it uh looking over my shoulder for ukraine so he, it's in support oh. of ukraine okay and uh raising money awareness i don't know awareness yeah awareness okay. but um he actually, this isn't the first time he did something kind of strange in the marathon. So mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know, he's, maybe he doesn't win it. And so he's like, how do I stand out? But uh, apparently five years ago, he dressed as a gorilla. He was in a gorilla suit. Okay. For the London Marathon as well. Oh, good. And uh, caught people's attention there. So he's, he's got a, this, this guy, he, he's, he's used to things like this. Yes. He he loves to take uh, the the marathon as a chance to stand out. In fact, when he when he did it as a gorilla, he crawled instead of ran. That sounds horrible. Yeah, can you imagine crawling for twenty six miles? Hmm. So wow. So I, you know, I, I think I'm actually going to watch this one because I want to see if I'm not he can make it. it. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of. You ever did that backwards? Like ran backwards? Well, or? I've never. Yes, I've run backwards like it's like an exercise, but I've never run a marathon mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't know if I want to. Some people do have their goal, have other goals, but yeah, it, it is a feat to run a marathon, mm-hmm. you know. But I wonder who decided a marathon is 26.6 miles. I'd love to look that up. Like, why not 26? What is the, the extra, you know? Well, it's the distance. I'm not going to remember this right, but it's the distance between Troy and somewhere where the soldiers ran to. That's what it is. Something. See? So it's an yeah. it was an actual distance of a Correct. something specific, between two cities, and they yeah. called it a marathon. Mm-hmm. And then that's what it is. Yeah, isn't that interesting? How tradition just holds. Like yeah. no one's going to ever change it to twenty six because they're like you can't, and you're like, well, why? Mm-hmm. Because it's always been this way, and that's important. 
because it has meaning to it, right? And the meaning to it is that, you know, there was this distance between Troy and here, and this is what it is, and, and now it's marathon, and it's a marathon because of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting, like, for us as Catholics, as Catholic Christians, like, tradition with a capital T holds great value mm-hmm. because we know that so much of what happened in the life of Christ and the church and in history happened outside of just just scripture, just what's written down in sacred scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And God's revelation and God could speak, you know, not only through scripture, but outside of that, right? Yeah. And what we hold as tradition are things that can't change. Like you cannot change 26.6. It is marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Now you could do a 25 and call it something else. Call it. They call it the 25K or whatever. 25K. Call it gritty K. Gritty K. You know, like maybe that's what we should do. I'll do a gritty thon and it'll be 24.3. Start a new tradition. Just start a new tradition. But you can't change tradition of marathon. It is what it is. Like, right? Like, yeah. and tradition is not something made like it was a physical thing, reality that got passed on and passed on. And tradition for us in, in, as Christians is there things that are unchangeable about the revelation of God about truth that it holds firm no matter what. I mean, you could say, well, we're just going to take the point six out, but you can't. Wow. What you're bringing up just makes this marathon guy just a powerful image to me because you can't change church tradition. You can't like it is what it is. Our Lord established it. It's going to endure till he comes again. The church is the church. Yeah. We're not talking about like tradition, like, Oh, we have candles or, you know, like a certain vestment or whatever. Like we're talking about like, capital T revelation of God, like right. the truth and dogma of God. Right. Like, right, right. Like that, there are certain truths that exist and we can't take the decimal point out. You can't. And they're going to, it's going to endure till he comes again. However, we can run backwards down that path of tradition. That's a great point. <laughs> you know what I mean? And still do 26.6. Yeah. We can make things harder than they need to be mm. as Catholics. Or interesting. Or interesting. You're mm. right. More interesting. But, um, well, I think you bring up a great point because, like, there are some people who are so hell bent on it's this certain way. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that the church and our faith and such brilliance points us in a direction and a distance, per se, like to use the analogy. But, like, you can express through prayer a certain way, and I can have a certain prayer style, and you know, I can have certain devotions and you can, but we're moving in the same direction with the guardrails of church teaching and tradition and scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. I can run sideways, backwards, do flips, but I'm going in that direction <laughs> and I'm going 26.6. Yeah. And you might just be like this nice traditional runner. This person might be injured. This person might be in a wheelchair. This person might be crippled, you know, but we're moving. And Mm -hmm. I think that analogy just rings true. Like, yeah, you go outside the guardrails and do your own thing. It's like, hey, man, like that's not. You're outside of tradition. You're outside of tradition. Who knows where you might end up because you're just avoiding truth. Uh, But, you know, this is where we're going. Yeah. Well, and different parts of this journey. I mean, the church has different needs at different times. And if we're living in a time where it feels like everyone's just running backwards, like why are we doing this? It'll make sense eventually. You know, our Lord... We are experiencing the church that 
the time in the church that we need to then face the challenges that we're going to face as a church soon. So, for example, the strength and the um, the uh, skill set that we get by having to run backwards for a bit hmm. may be needed in the next era of church history. Right. See what I'm saying? Like we, not every, every challenge or every adversity we experience is outside of God's plan for us. In fact, he's the master of this race. He's the master of church history. He's the master of... of how this is all going to work out. And he's got a great plan for us. And so sometimes we will do things harder than they need to be, quote unquote, um, as a church. You know, you, before we started the show, we we're talking about the mission of evangelization is just the greatest mission ever uh, for any human ever. To bring Christ to people is the greatest gift that we can give. Mm. And sometimes it just seems so hard, right? Like sometimes it seems difficult and we seem stuck. Well, Enduring that, enduring the challenges of evangelization, the challenges of the church, makes us stronger. Right. And whatever the Lord has in mind, um, you know, for we, we that we can't see further down the road, we're getting ready for that right now. And uh, anyway, so it's an interesting analogy, this backward marathoner. Yeah, definitely, it brings it up. You know, it's got me thinking a lot. You know, and if I, you know, if I do change some decimal points. You know, I, we all want to like make things a little bit easier for mm-hmm. us. There's a reason that people don't run marathons. Yeah, that's true. It's because they're hard. They're not easy. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, it takes a lot out of us. And the reality is in the spiritual life, like we are running a marathon, but there is no time limit. Yeah. You know, the, the Lord doesn't designate a time for us to make it there or how to make it there. Right, like we can yeah. crawl our way, and I imagine myself, by God's grace, like just crawling past <laughs> the finish line. Right, uh, and Saint Paul talked about this so beautifully, like just, you know, the grace to finish the race, like I, you know, the the hope to finish and and to to crawl across the finish line, to to even barely make it, to be exhausted, you know, mm-hmm. to to you know, be war war torn in a sense from from just life and but yet I tried I tried the race I ran it I did it as best I could I stayed between the guardrails right and God took care of me yeah barely he's always faithful made it well and I guess one more use out of this analogy to squeeze all we can out of this lemon but um sometimes we really are running backwards where we don't know a better way to do it and then like you you said earlier in the program, sometimes God sends us a little upgrade. Like, mm-hmm. hey, just just turn around. And Lynn, is that time where I think if we focus on our journey well, we discover by God's grace these little changes we can make that sometimes aren't that huge. Like, for example, hey, just turn around. Um, hey, just wake up 10 minutes earlier to pray. Mm-hmm. Hey, just start saying this to your wife every day. Like just a little little change can then make a huge difference where – Wow, my spiritual life is a lot easier now. Yeah. You know, you know what brings like like a renewed sense of energy or spring to our step or an upgrade is a direction. Mm. It's just knowing the direction we're going. And we're like, yes, you know, like uh it just I'm going in this direction and I'm dri- you know, I'm going, I'm driving, I'm running, whatever. And it's just like, yeah, I know. And there's times in our life where where things seem cloudy and confused, but the church and its brilliance and our faith says go in this direction. You don't know the end. You don't know when. You don't know all the things, but just just head in that direction. 
and that's the thing with the marathon is like when you run it, like you don't see the finish line when you start. Yeah, that's true. You don't see it for a long time. Like, and it, it seems so far away. Yeah, it does. Like, you know, mm. but just one day at a time. And yeah, I mean, this is a great. Yeah, I've never been in a marathon, but I could, as you were saying, I can only imagine when you finally make whatever <clears throat> whatever corner and see the finish line coming. Mm. That must be something. Yeah. That must be quite an experience. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some powerful like videos and images of like people who run in a race and get injured, can't make it, and then like people are carrying them across the finish line to have this sense of like, you know, accomplishment, like you did make it. Just beautiful images of those. Mm. Yeah, it kind of almost bring you to tears. And that is the Christian life. Yeah, like, we're not church. called to run it alone. Like we're we're all injured by the time we get there. We're carrying each other across the finish line. You know, we're community and faith. Like we're brothers and sisters in arms. Like, you know, like, yeah, like drag me across. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm gonna drag people <laughs> the same time. So I imagine this guy can't run backwards by himself. He's going to have to have a couple of friends like telling him where the dangers are. I mean, because he's running through London. This isn't like a straight line. Right. So he's got to have some friends helping him out along the way. Probably. Yeah. Running mm -hmm. backwards. Yeah, he's going to have people looking out for him or he's going to trip and fall <laughs> and break his neck. Right. You know. So, all right. Anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George Deacon Bear in studio, rocking and rolling. Got a spring in our step. Got an upgrade spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, and, and musically. Listen to that. I mean, spring in our step. Nothing like an upgrade. I love an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, have you ever been flying? and you got an upgrade no i mean it is it is like one of the so if you're like a normal like first class flyer you know what it's like to be in first class and it's and it's great you don't really appreciate first class until you ride in coach over and over again and then <laughs> and then you get upgraded i can imagine you get an upgrade and you really feel like you don't deserve it and then you sit and you're like this is amazing and they serve you some food and a drink and you have a comfortable chair and leg room. And if you're tall like me, it just, it just matches and it's just great. Yeah. Well, you're a frequent flyer. So I imagine that would come up. I don't know how points work exactly, but I imagine with so many times you yeah. get some kind of, yeah. Yeah. But the upgrade, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, it sounds and, like and it. it's the feeling of it. it. And so like this feeling of getting an upgrade, you upgrade your car, an your upgrade. Computer. That's a gift, right? It, like, it's a gift free. Like you're just like, like whoa, you yay. You know? That's how I feel every time the Lord just shows up, especially if it's a difficult time, <laughs> let's say, and then he just shows up with an unexpected Boom. grace. Yeah. Boom. Like, what would it look like for our lives to have a spiritual upgrade? I mean, in a sense, like, that's what Lent's about. And as we journey through Lent and it gets difficult and sort of arduous and, and kind of in the weeds, like, God wants to give us little doses of upgrades, little doses of grace. We get those, through the, obviously, through the sacraments and 
you know, through prayer and, you know, whatever, but like in the same way, like it, it could be through interaction with people in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're talking about this guy running the marathon backwards, which, you know, it's kind of silly, but like it got us on this journey of like this faith journey, right? Like we mm -hmm. can't do it alone. We need people. And, you know, we know the path, we know the distance, but we don't know like how we get there, what it looks like. You know, mm -hmm. we just know the guardrails. So anyway, pretty fascinating. We kind of got off the rails a little bit in the conversation, hmm. but you know, welcome to the show. That's kind of us. Yeah. Is it not? It is. It's pretty much. We're off the rails. Yeah. I, that's what I would say. So speaking of <laughs> off the rails, no telling where this is going. Uh, do you have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Yep. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Why are you Catholics so weird? Because you are. You know, if you were less weird, more people would be Catholic. I doubt it, actually. Weird Catholic stuff! So, uh, today is a day called St. Patrick's Day. Really? Did you realize that? I did, because <laughs> the reason is there are so many Irish people down here in Louisiana, apparently, mm -hmm. that the bishop waved the fast for this great feast day on a Friday, and we can eat meat. That's right. Yep. Now we have to do some kind of other penance. So it's like a normal Friday, but... That's right. What other penance? Well, it's just the meat thing. Suitable penance, yeah. So like maybe fast from lunch. Maybe say some extra prayers, like a rosary or two. Mm. Maybe. So you can't, you can't just blow it out the window. You can't. But that's every Friday. I don't know if American Catholics realize that, but every Friday is supposed to have some penance. If you do eat meat on any Friday, even outside of Lent, you should do something else, like an extra Divine Mercy chaplet. Um, something like that. You right. do something on Friday. Something on Friday. Something on Friday. Hmm. Well, today is St. Patrick's Day. Okay. So, happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Paul. Your favorite um, accent, accent is an Irish accent. Aye, it is. I love the accent from Ireland. Okay. Well, uh, people do some weird stuff on St. Patrick's Day. Do they? Mm-hmm. It's an ancient day because he's an ancient saint. Um, of course, he died on this day, March 17th, uh, back in the 400s. Okay. And uh, that's a long time of traditions to start. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, thought I think I might... one of the weird things about him is that he actually wasn't Irish. Correct. Is that right? Very good, yeah. I do remember that. He was uh, British and he was, well, English. And uh, he was kidnapped as a young boy and sold into slavery, went to Ireland, broke free. So like found, like, yeah. what's, what's the term I'm looking for? Escaped. Yep. Escaped. And then becomes a priest. And then asked to go back to Ireland. Because Ireland was very pagan at the time. Druids who worshipped nature. And uh, he wanted to go convert them. Mm. And uh, that was very brave because he can get killed for doing so. So right. on the boat ride over there, the Bishop of Ireland dies. Okay. And uh, by the time he lands in Ireland, the Pope sends word to him that he's now the new Bishop of Ireland. Really? Yeah. Wow. Once enslaved in Ireland, goes mm -hmm. back and is the bishop mm -hmm. trying to convert yeah. souls. Yeah, it wasn't the type of assignment where it's like, you know, here's here's the, the nice bishop house you're going to get. Here's the press conference to announce when you arrive. It was like, <laughs> no, you're now the bishop in charge of converting all of these pagans, pagans who aren't happy that you're there. Hmm. So that was his job. Wow. And by golly, he did it. Did he? By the time he Ever. died, uh, Catholicism was... 
the majority faith of the people. So, so in my mind, he must have converted the country through parades, beads, <laughs> drunkenness. Um, you might think so. You know, nice beer. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's the tradition we have now, but like, obviously, sort of like Mardi Gras, like, how did it really start? Mm-hmm. You know, but. No, he converted people by miracles. Mm-hmm. He performed miracles, mighty deeds. Always can, you know, when, when the church converts a people, we see mighty deeds being done and also challenging their religion in like visible ways. So not just doctrinally, but things like um, since they worship nature, like he would do things to nature. Hmm. Look, nothing bad happened. Yep. You know, like I'm a, he, he challenged their religion in respectful ways, but direct ways. And then preached the gospel and then confirmed it by signs and wonders. It's, it's the evangelization path. 101. Yeah. That's back in the 400s. Who would have ever thought, you know, and it's interesting that God reveals himself through nature. Yeah. Right. Like that's one of the traditions we hold is that, you know, God reveals himself through the beauty, through nature, through creation, through who we are naturally, how he created us. You know, yeah. as humans, as men and women, like God reveals a lot in nature of who he is, you know, as being. So so it does make sense that people might worship nature because it is, after the fall, the purpose of nature got confused, right? right. So it, it is so amazing. It is so wonderful. It's so, so if you're not aware of God or if you're not, um, you know, in relationship with God, it would make sense that you might start worshiping this wonderful nature mm-hmm. that God has given us to reveal himself through. Or the thing that is behind nature. You're like, I have no right. idea because I've never heard of God or have been evangelized, but there's got to be something in nature, you know, right. which is partly true, right? Like God is in nature, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the weird Catholic. Thing. Yeah, so there's some weird Catholic stuff going on. Um, so this one is a, li- a little strange. I don't know if Catholics should <laughs> participate, but they do. So in, in New London, Wisconsin... Oh, this is in the country. Yeah, these are all be American uh, traditions. Oh, so 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 not. Yeah, yeah. Along, they've probably more way lowercase t's. Right, lowercase t's. Uh, New London, Wisconsin. They do leprechaun crawls around the city, and um, change all the signs in the city, like traffic signs, to say New Dublin instead of New London hmm. for the day. And apparently Irish immigrants started this tradition back in the day in the 19th century. Um, Portland, Maine, they have uh, the Paddy's Day Plunge where they jump into freezing water in the Atlantic Ocean at 5.30 a.m. Oh, that's good. Big ton of, yeah, ton of people. New Orleans, Louisiana, close to home. Really, yeah, just full of Irish people. Yep. Um, or maybe just the city looking for a party, which we know of. Definitely. Well, they do a, a vegetable... I didn't know this. I live two hours north, but they do a vegetable food fight. Mm. So they get uh, cabbage and other things, you know, like Irish vegetables, I guess, and then just start throwing it at each other. I didn't know that. Gotcha. <laughs> um, Chicago, Illinois, I knew about this. They they turn the river green. You know about that? Yes. I saw them doing that earlier this week. Yeah. Um, so the, the big river downtown is green. Mm. Hot Springs, Arkansas has the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. It is 98 feet long. Have you ever been to Hot Springs? I have. I've driven through there. Yeah, there's not much there. Right. They're like, hey. But they boast of the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. 98 feet. You know, everybody just wants to be on the map. (laughs) 
They just <laughs> want to be famous. They're, they want to be known for something. Don't we all? Yeah. You know. Um, the, so those are the U.S. ones. Now, here's some world ones. Okay, so Montserrat in the Caribbean. Uh, they have... It's the only, Apparently, it's the only place outside of Ireland where St. Patrick's Day is a public holiday. I don't know. But anyway... Um, they commemorate the slavery of St. Patrick and they have this uh, big play about him being captured as a slave and then set free. Mm. And then they have this big festival. Mm. Belgium, they have a big old day. They play Irish sports. So it's just Gaelic football and all that. So all these things, I mean, none of it has to do with, uh, like you said earlier, <laughs> what things St. Patrick actually did. Right. Um, yeah, here was this great saint that performed miracles, the beginning of a conversion of the country. And sort of like Mardi Gras, we go way outside the rails, right? Yep. Mardi Gras is, you know, Fat Tuesday, a day of celebration before we enter into Lent. Of course, it's really big in Louisiana. We have parades. And none of that, you know, we talk about like, hey, do that. But it is, it can be, and it is a huge distraction to like the beginning of Lent at times, right? Totally. Here we are at St. Patrick's Day. There's a great saint that did amazing things. And I bet the people who are at these parades, shirts off, throwing beads, drunk, couldn't tell you one thing about St. Patrick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, or the faith that was brought to Ireland. And, and not say, hey, let's not celebrate. I'm just saying, like, think about how easy it is to change the marathon, to change yeah. what actually took place, right? To change this this fat Tuesday into like debauchery to change this Holy Saint, St. Patrick, this Bishop who evangelized the country into this, you know, tradition of like whatever, you know, watch yeah. the parades and you'll see, be like, I, I wonder like if St. Patrick would be like cool with this. Yeah, I don't think he would be attending. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like we, we just, the, and this is what happens. Like Christ changes the culture and the culture wants to take that and like blend it and take you know like take it into the culture and make it something else christmas easter mardi gras st patrick's day name it like it's all mm-hmm. it's all faith based in its roots and it really does give catholics a bad name i've talked to a lot of non catholic christians who will criticize us for doing such things like like how could you st patrick's day specifically i've heard about that like how could you honor a saint with all kind of drunken debauchery and, and sin. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're that totally, is terrible. Yeah. That is yeah. a really weird things that Catholics do and they ought not do. Well, because a lot of people who are probably portraying that are not maybe people who even are Catholic. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. just looking for a party, man. Like, yeah. Like, this is great. There is one tradition that actually makes sense to me. Uh, so apparently he's, he's, Probably born in a town called Banwin, Wales. Okay. So that city has a tradition of a parade to his birthplace. Hmm. That sounds like a reasonable thing. I like that. You know? Um, so maybe I should go to that. We, we a, should one year go to, like, you know, Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. It would be a hoot. I mean, I, I think like with all things, we'll find faithful Catholics doing like a really great, awesome thing on St. Patrick's Day somewhere. Um, but it's just, just like Mardi Gras. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. But you got to look for it. No, and, and we have to take our Christian traditions back. We got to re-own them. 
of, for what they really mean and are because like that's what God wants. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, it's because of St. Patrick and the gospel of Jesus Christ that people even look to St. Patrick as like a father of the Irish people because before his evangelization of the people, they would, they hated him, right? They, they didn't, they weren't interested in the gospel, but yet Irish history, even people who are Irish, they look to that moment of when they receive the gospel as like the beginning of their people. Which is so interesting. Like, okay, like for St. Patrick's Day, like look at the parades in Ireland. I have a friend there right now, okay, who's on sabbatical. She's an evangelist, Catholic. She's taking some time off there, going visit the Holy Land and spend some time in Ireland. Nice. Churches are empty. Mm -hmm. The country is, you know, post-Christian in its identity. So 1,500 years ago, a great saint, help convert the country to the point where Ireland actually sent missionaries to America. Yep. Sending Irish priests who would come here, dedicate their lives to starting new churches and new areas and like making a way to evangelize the new America. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I mean, a diocese is not far from here. The diocese of Biloxi has been having Irish missionary priest for years Hundreds of years, okay, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, you circle back, yeah, there's still churches and, and the faith is still there, but not prevalent. Mm -hmm. It is not leading the way. Like, it is, like, people are struggling to even go to Mass there. But yet, they have a big St. Patrick's Day parade. They're going to go after it. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, we we need to pray for, like, a real intercession of, the great saints of St. Patrick and new evangelists to enter into missionary territory, to re-evangelize these places. Like people are hungry for God, man. And you were just saying it before the show and you mentioned it in the show is like, what greater mission is there mm -hmm. ever than Jesus? I mean, was this not the great commission of the apostles that Jesus sent them? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 12 people and their followers, friends or whatever, just, lit up the earth, right? With the power of Christ. Is there a greater mission? You know, and here we are 2000 years later where, where there needs to be a re-evangelization of the world. Yeah. Well, and the path is very similar. New evangelization looks a lot like old evangelization. Um, but we do live in a different time and there's different uh, elements to this, but the path of St. Patrick is still available to us to simply go with the authority of the church, which, by the way, every baptized person has that authority to go out and evangelize, okay? It's so like St. Patrick was sent by the church. He didn't just, like, go rogue and I'm going to do whatever. He was sent by the church. And the church wants people to go and evangelize. This is not like something that um, is going rogue. This is your baptismal call. And there's even organizations that help facilitate lay missionary work. I mean, this is not outside the church's bounds. This is not off the rails. This is exactly what we should be doing. Those that are called by the Lord, sent by the church into a place like Ireland, into a place like our city, into a place whatever, to go spread the gospel, to challenge the false doctrine with mm. compassion but with firmness, and to be accompanied by God's mighty signs and wonders. One of the reasons we don't do it is that we really don't think God has our back. He does have our back. Like if we're willing to spread his gospel share the good news with other people. God has our back. And he, he tells us, don't worry about what you're going to say or what you're going to do. I'll send the Holy Spirit to guide you in those moments, to give you words to say. And when people like St. Patrick take him at his word and then just go do it, 
God shows up and does it. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, it's interesting, the last two weeks, or even the readings through Lent, but like the last, you know, last week and then this week, we see miracle stories. You know, the mm-hmm. woman at the well, and then this week we, we read about this blind man where Jesus spits and takes clay and rubs it on his eyes. And over the course of just these two miracles, we see spiritual healing, emotional healing, and physical healing in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And this is what Jesus brings. This is through the Holy Spirit what Jesus brings. Physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, a total, a total reboot, right? A total upgrade, upgrade <laughs> in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And you see this week, like he takes natural material goods, the earth, dirt, and rubs it on this guy's eyes, right? And tells him to go wash, and he, and he can see. He's he he was blind, and now he can see. And even today, like the church takes those natural material things bread and here we have the sacrament of the eucharist right water we have baptism oil we have anointing right Mm -hmm. um we go to reconciliation we 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 face to face with christ and are forgiven you know like through the sacraments we have this healing physically emotionally and spiritually right this is amazing like the church has you know two thousand years later here we are with the same access to christ in his healing power. And yet we just kind of walk around with like, I'm just going to keep rolling up on the old computer and not get an upgrade. <laughs> Do you, no, you ever no, you you're know right. what I'm saying? Like totally right. Well, a great like how long yeah. have we been like doing the show on this old computer? And every week <laughs> we've said, you know what we probably, what if we got a new computer? Nah, well, it's still working. Right. And then the next week, honestly, we'd say you, man, I wonder what it'd be like if, why don't we get a new computer? And you're like, oh, we probably, and then you're like, oh, it's working. And so we're just like, okay, well, let's just keep doing it on the old computer. Right? Like you just get used to it. And then you're just like, ah, it's too much work to get an upgrade. Mm -hmm. And then when you get it, like, you're just like, what have we been missing? Mm -hmm. And this is what Jesus offers us. An upgrade in our life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, like God wants to upgrade our life, move us forward through his grace, by his grace. Well, and I think again that the heart of of real conversion, because real conversion, which we treat it this way, I know I do, when I'm seeking to change, seeking to become better, seeking to follow him more closely, I can get into this rhythm of just cleaning up the the old computer, let's say. Like, let's just get it working better. Right. So let's just do things the same way, yep. looking at things the exact same way, but just better. Let's mm-hmm. Let's like go clean some files out, clear the memory out, and it'll run a little bit better. And that is conversion. But in reality, the call to conversion is to rethink your whole life, is to look at things totally differently. And when we need God's grace for that. We need his gospel for that. We need the Holy Spirit for that. And when that happens, when God just reaches in and gives us a totally new way of looking at life, um, that's the upgrade we're talking about. And it's not just me doing those things I knew I should have been doing anyway better. It's God letting me see things the way he sees them totally differently Hmm. than what I was seeing. And then because I see things differently, because I've had that change of mind, I can then live differently. Hmm. And this is, this is what the gospel offers. Repent and believe, rethink your life and believe in the gospel. And, uh, 
Only God can do that. That's why Lent, we, we pray for conversion. Lent is not just a, a self-help, universal self-help program for the church. Lent is a begging of God to change our hearts and our minds and to, to give us this conversion only he can give so that we can all better proclaim the gospel of the risen Jesus through Pentecost and beyond. Amen. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity Health Share, 844-387-8533. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, Deacon Bear. Hey, hey, hey. Adam Conk in studio. We got an upgrade. We're excited. With like new kids with new toys or <laughs> new kids? New kids on the block with new toys? What are we? Sure. I think we're... Old kids with new toys. There it is. Old kids with new toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there that's it is. the one. That's, that's the key uh, there. So anyway, thanks for listening into the show on KLFT Radio here in Acadiana. Um Love to have you, and uh, on the podcast, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, feel free to share the show, get it out there. Um, Can I shout out the international listeners for a sec? I know we have them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Belgium, yep, Australia. Mm-hmm. Can you can you send us an email or something? Go to paulgeorge.la, or I just want to know how you find out about the show, what you think about it, what do you like about it. Send us your St. Patty's Day traditions. Yeah, do that. You know. It it would actually be even amazing upgrade if we could have people call in Ooh. internationally. Hey, look, that Ask sounds fun. Ask a question that live on the show. Yeah, let's do it. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm all for it. You are? Yeah. You ready for another well, I have, upgrade? I have a computer that can handle it now. So You know, I always say is one upgrade at a time. Oh, you, you always know, say that? You know, if you get, up, uh, if you get upgraded uh, too much... Um, you know, you just won't be able to handle it. I think you're right. Like, like if, okay, I'm flying coach and somebody says, well, hey, your points would qualify you for an upgrade. I'm like, sure, I'll take that. And then they're like, oh, you can also have a limo take you from the uh, airport. And I'm like, okay, take that. Like, there's a point where I can't go back to coach, right? Like, There is a me. point where someone flies first class too much where they will not fly coach. Yes, mm-hmm. I have not experienced that. Now, I'm, I could... I know what it's like to be in first class, so then I therefore long to be there. <laughs> but I don't get the upgrade as much, and so I have to just come to the reality of I am I am a coach person. I think that's good. Okay. That's good. But I do have friends and constituents who fly none other than first class mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they just can't imagine going back. Mm-hmm. And not that they're better than. I'm just saying, like they're just used to yeah, yeah, yeah. the upgrade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The comfort of it, or whatever it offers, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe like in the spiritual life, that's the way we should be. Like if you really think about it, like we mm. get upgraded spiritually, we get moved forward. Why do we go back to coach? Why do we go back to living sort of this mundane, mediocre, apathetic, or old way of life? Like, mm-hmm. why do we go back to our old habits or old things and be like, ah, just belong in coach, the middle seat, you know, like I'm just going to suffer through it. And there are some, look, I am 6'4 at my shortest. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, I'm a big dude in a plane. <laughs> There's no doubt. They don't make planes for people like me. No, they don't. So like coach, small seat, smushed in the back. It, it is not fun, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not comfortable. And there are times on a long flight, it is miserable for me. Like I am like literally like just sweating, have no place to move. And I'm like, this sucks really <laughs> bad. Okay. And it's like we get so used to it, even in the spiritual life, you know. Man, he just convicted me of so many things. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, I mean, none of us were baptized to be coach saints. Oh, man. We're baptized to be first class saints. Man, we're bringing it. <laughs> you know? That's true. But um, and then we are times like we live we live in first class grace for a little bit, like two weeks or a month. We're like, this is awesome! I should all, and then we stop it. Like whatever got us there, we like go back. So true. Man. If it's a better prayer routine, if it's, it's so a, convicted right now, yeah, you know, we'll be a first class Christian baby. <laughs> all right. Speaking of first class, why don't we do a six pack of questions? Question. Question number one. So um, we started the show talking about uh, this marathon runner running backwards. And I asked you if you had run backwards before. And you said yes. Tell me about this. Is this something people do? Like, I don't think I've ever done that. Like, is this something you do for sports? I don't know. Like, I never. Yeah, there's warm-ups. Like, I, yeah, you run backwards, do, you know. Yeah, it works a different muscle speed, and and there are times where you have to shift motions. You're not always running forward in sports, like you're turning, turning your hips, running backwards, things like that. Not so. Hmm. Yeah, that's perplexing to me. But I I was doing a drill in high school. I remember specifically running backwards, and I fell and fractured my wrist because when I fell backwards, I caught myself. You know, like your hands down, which is not a good thing. You probably just should hit and roll. You know, which I've learned, but. Yeah, fractured my wrist a little bit. You know, I had to wear a cast for a couple of weeks. Silly. It was a silly injury. Like nothing pushed me, touched me. I just tripped, like huh. on, like a little divot or something. Wow. All right. Question number two. So applying that to the spiritual life, I'm sure when working with people and you have to get, maybe they feel stuck about something, their spiritual life, whatever. I'm sure you <clears throat> you've recommended they do something that was kind of like out of the ordinary or strange for a time to see what happens. Uh, so for example, let's say like prayer, let's say somebody comes to you and look, I've just been praying the same way for a while. And like, I just feel stuck. Um, is there a value in just taking, let's say a month and doing something completely out of the box, like running backwards in a marathon to kind of just shake your spiritual life up? Totally. What fruit have you seen from that? Yeah. Do something different, you know, sort of like Lent, like I needed to do something different, not a same old thing I do every Lent. Like, yeah, there's times we, you know, on the physical analogy is like work different, work the same muscles in a different way because you're not seeing the results, right? So if you do the same exercises with your muscles all the time, they'll stop growing because they're just used to that exercise. So like you got to do something different. 
same as in the spiritual life, like going to retreat kind of pops you out of your normal routine, you know, pray with something different or use a different method, uh, learn something different, grow, because it's going to work a different muscle and it, it's probably going to move you spiritually to do something different, right? Like to grow, to upgrade. Hmm. It's got me thinking about my own life, what mm -hmm. I need to do. Yep. All right, question number three. So you mentioned uh, that your book, Holy Grit, is doing well, and it's, it's reaching men and women alike, I guess, but mostly men. And not to put you on the spot too much, but like, what do you think it is about what the Lord's calling you to do with men that is needed? Like, How is, how is this message of Holy Grit kind of unique? Or wh what do men need to hear that you're saying that's connecting? Like, what, what kind of feedback are you getting? What do you see the Lord doing? with this effort? Well, I do sense and feel, you know, men in our culture have, are one, yeah, are like uniting and rising up. Christian men, men in general have been attacked. And I use that word attack, like just masculinity in a sense, like manhood, fatherhood, all those things. And that wasn't the ethos of the book. Like I'm not coming at it from like this angle of like, you know, let's attack the culture. I'm, I'm just like, let's speak into the truth of men about what authentic masculinity is. What does it look like? And I can't give you a formula, but I can show you a picture, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that picture are these men who we can 100% identify characteristics that were both holy and gritty. And we can look at that and then be challenged in our own lives to to implement and to model and to imitate those things from Christ to these great saints, to men in the culture who have both grit and God, and they merge those together. Yeah, that speaks into what, how the book blessed me because, I mean, I've studied these saints a lot, academically, devotionally, but never, I felt like these saints were coming part of my like small men's group. I felt like I was grouping with them. And I'd never had that experience with these men. Um, and so it was definitely a blessing to me that, like you said, well, we don't have all the answers necessarily to the culture problems of masculinity, but we do know some men who are real men mm -hmm. in the fullest sense, these saints, and to connect with them in that way was just very unique for me. So I appreciate that about the book. Thank time. you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question number four. So I have a couple of questions about this upgrade stuff. Okay. <laughs> So you watched me for like five years struggle with this computer. Yep. Just and you gave me some good advice for five years. Let's so, just get a different computer. I literally said that all the time. <clears throat> and then one day it just happened because it finally crashed. So okay, so diagnose that in me and like in a way that's applicable to our listeners. Like what? Where there's a lot that goes to it. One, yeah. you're like, well, I can fix it. So then you would mm -hmm. you would like, you know tinker with it and then finally like fix the little, you know, virus in it and then it would work. And so you're like, let's just move on. Who has time to like fix it or get a new upgrade or a new computer? And then we got to ask and yada, yada. And then we got to, yeah. so, the, you know, I think sometimes we could just put off the hard thing because we can just kind of fix, put a bandaid on it, mm. you know, bandaid. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to rip the scab and let it heal. And that's what we had to do. But you know what? We honestly, it did it for us because it finally crashed. You guys, like we were in studio trying to record, and it just crashed. And then we didn't, and we had to just pivot. We went eat lunch, and we just like had to like make the call and like, 
So he, God did it. God just finally like has enough and says, I am tired of you tinkering with the Band-Aid and just not making the change. And so here's all the grace you need. I'm going to crash. You're going to crash and burn, and I'm going to rebuild you into a new computer. Wow. All right, well, question number five then. What are typical Band-Aids that people use in their spiritual life? Like, like where people are giving them the right advice, like, hey, you should really do whatever. Maybe God is, but they're not listening. They're just kind of tinkering. They're just kind of refixing old problems. Um, what are some Band-Aids people typically use in their spiritual life? And they stay stuck. They don't even realize it. Mm. You know, it was interesting. In one of my grit groups, a guy was quoting one of the saints and talking about his own life. It was an awesome analogy. And he said, one of the saints said, and, and I'll look it up. I don't remember, but I want to throw this out there, is that uh, whether a bird has a cord or a string tied around its leg, neither bird can fly. Mm-hmm. And I was in this analogy of like this big cord. You're like, yeah, but just a simple string, the bird can't fly either. And he said, you know, what is the string that's holding me back from flying? And he had to trace that back. Old habits, old ways that he's just refused to look at and give up on, whether they're eating habits, uh, you know, like laziness, you know, whatever, certain like struggles. And it, you know, you could still flap your wings with a string, Mm -hmm. but you can't fully fly away in freedom. Man, it really hit me started to really think. And I think that's what ends up happening. We get so used to flapping our wings and and still having some freedom, but the string is keeping us from flying. What is it? Trace it down. What are the things that we're unwilling to like let go of and give up habits that we're just so used to living with and, and, you know, having surrounded in our lives, whether, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, are we willing to like do the hard thing to like cut the string, you know? Mm -hmm. Give up some things, like fast from th- some things. Get rid of some old habits, old ways of doing, saying, operating. Nice. All right, question number six. So you mentioned the sacraments and how you know we approach these things in such a way that, well, you didn't say it this way, but in the context of the question, we approach these things in such a way that we kind of limit their ability to heal us and set us free and cut that cord you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. How can we... Rethink the sacraments, maybe for the rest of our Lenten journey, particularly confession, the Eucharist, the ones that we can go to often. Yep. Um, how can we maybe upgrade our own experience of these sacraments for the rest of our Lenten journey? Well, you know this. You know this reading this Sunday, like immerse yourself in the in the all the physical realities that happen. This this healing that's happening with the man, but what Jesus uses with the clay and water, uh, really. Uh, speaks into the sacramental life of the church. And be re-reminded of why gave it, God gave us these sacraments, why Jesus instituted those for all, our behalf. You know, his grace in this, these physical realities is beautiful for us. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's it? That's, that's all six? That's the six-pack. Man, we, we ended that right on time. That was like perfect timing. Hey, we hey, do what we can we, at the Paul George Show. Yeah, I mean, the upgrade has just got us flying. So uh, share the show. Um, be a part of it. Thanks to KLFT Radio and uh, everyone on the podcast. Uh, holygrid.org, you can get the book. And uh, talk to you guys next week. God bless. Uh-huh.